here uh, with Alenza Day, conversations about information architecture. And today I get to talk to Aisha Griffin. Aisha, thank you so much for joining me. No problem. Um, so we are uh, talking about information architecture. Uh, and I know you do uh, that and some content strategy and things like that. And the, this process is very complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's getting even more complicated. Have you sort of, um, uh, what do you think is the hardest part to explain to the folks that you work with about the work that we do in IA and content strategy, that, that kind of thing? What, what makes it hard to describe this? Um, I guess just the overall importance, like um, just like how things relate to each other. Um, I do, a, I focus a lot on like storytelling with nice. uh, the content. So like, how do things flow? And like, if you're just not even in a, com from a conversation perspective, but like how we process things. Um, sometimes like designers like to just throw things together. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Like if we're telling the story of a credit card, of credit card rewards, for example, like how do we want to structure that information? based on how they how they can best receive it right there's sort of an instinct when you're designing a screen to try and pack as much information into that screen and it sounds like one of the things that you try and do is say whoa let's slow down let's be very deliberate about yeah. how we walk people through this, right. this information uh and i imagine that it's hard for people to understand that because again the instinct is to just Put as much information on the screen as possible. Yeah. Is that what you have found? Yep. Um, so what tools and techniques do you find the most helpful in doing this kind of work? You mentioned stories and stories are a great framework. Are there other kinds of other aspects to storytelling that you like? Or are there other kinds of tools that you find yourself using to help um, either explain the work or just do get the work done? Um, I mean, it's mostly really straightforward. So like, um, we don't, we work really fast. So we don't get to do a bunch of like user journeys and <laughs> things like that. So <laughs> I have to like, just lay it out for them. Like, okay. so just using like design tools like Sketch um, and just laying, creating like a content framework for them to see like how these items connect to each other. Got it. What did those content frameworks look like? If you don't mind kind of giving us a quick. Um, it's just really basic. Like if I was to give this information to somebody, this is the order it would be in. This is what I would put in each section. Um, just like blocks really of text. How is that? Is that sort of similar to like a wireframe or is it? Mm, yeah, I guess you could consider it a, a wireframe. It's like super low fidelity. Okay. Um, just like a rectangle with like, a headline that might not be fleshed out all the way, but yep. then like some bullet point items of like, this is what we could include here. And this is how it relates to the next section. Uh, I remember um, doing this work a while ago and really struggling with those low fidelity diagrams because people were super, people thought that that was supposed to be the screen, but I feel like we've come a long way since yeah. the time of the dinosaurs. And um, uh, and then people have uh, a greater affinity and understanding for hey we're just kind of providing as you put it the framework of 
the content. Have you found that shift in your work as well? Um, I think in some ways, like, so sometimes I don't do those like basic low fidelity rectangles. I just take what they put together and break it apart and say like, oh, nice. let's bring this here. Let's put this here. Let's reword this. Like what, how does this make sense in relation to like how the brand is talking about this or what is marketing saying? And can we bring some of that language in so that it makes more sense? It's more cohesive. Uh, that, that makes sense. You're sort of using the existing work uh but kind of pulling it apart like an yeah. editor might yeah. yeah i also don't want to offend them a lot of times so like i don't want them to be like oh you broke my design so like <laughs> i'll use what they already made to say like this works better in this format but can we think about changing some things visually so that it's more i guess it just relates better so I want to slow this down a bit because I'm very intensely curious about designers getting offended by doing the design process. <laughs> Is it, so what, and I have experienced this myself, where that is, is it that they have invested so much time and effort into a very particular layout, or they're just super proud of how they've pulled everything together in a concise way and now you're asking them to kind of pull it apart i think what it's the first one the okay. investing time into it because i've heard a lot of times like i've already did this like i've done this thing and now you're telling me like not to do this thing so a lot of times i'll kind of circumvent them and go to leadership and say hey i think we're missing some things um can we think about this a little differently and then they'll go tell the designer like they don't know i did this and they won't know it's coming from me because if it right. comes from a content person then it's not true yeah <laughs> you just have content expertise that's all you bring to the table um what do i know <laughs> yes except how to tell a story i mean it's fascinating to me that uh we're still dealing with these situations and that there's not a clear understanding of how multidisciplinary this work is. Like, yeah. it's not just one person who's responsible for figuring out what a user sees or feels or experiences, but it's all of us together working towards that experience because it is such a multifaceted yeah. uh, experience. It is, it's really frustrating too, because I think sometimes they don't realize the value that I could add. Um, so like we could we could change that situation altogether if I was a part of that designer's process, like their work process, not just the overall design process, but if we were working together right. simultaneously and not like, oh, I'll build this and you put in the words. Right. If we were, if we had a work session from the very beginning, I could have changed their perspective of how they approached it, and they might have even chosen a different design. Right, right. Do you, um, uh, do you have a, a kind of moment in your career or recent work where that it did work well, where there was a successful collaboration? Um, yeah, I think for the most part, it is usually successful. It's just sometimes we get those moments um, where it's like, wait, this doesn't make sense. 
Right. Um, but for the most part, people are really like flexible and are appreciative. And it makes it's, it's always a good feeling to like hear the client say like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. And I'm like, I know they wouldn't have done it without me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, I that's um, my, my aspiration is that we can design things and not really know who is responsible for what. Right. It is not that it's a, a Frankenstein's monster but instead that it is an amalgam of really good ideas and collaborative energy, right? That, that right. comes out of it. Is there a particular IA problem or content problem that you're working on right now that you can maybe illuminate or tell us a little bit about? Oh, uh, well, I just started a new job, so oh. I don't have any content work right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, from previous work I was doing, we were working on an application for informing people that they could use a it's called an eSIM so it's not a physical SIM card on your phone so they right. we built we built an app for um, activating and installing it and then creating a website to let people know it was available kind of like a oh this is what we have this is what it does these are the plans we offer um, and this is how you can get started type thing yeah, that my, I think my mother-in-law, of all people, has a phone with an eSIM in it. It was a complicated process to figure. I mean, I mean to be fair, my wife was the one who kind of helped figure it all out and get yeah. it set up and work with the provider to do it. But it was yeah. not. An, it's a new enough technology where I would imagine a good storytelling uh, effort is necessary there. Yeah. And that was what our goal was to like make that process a lot simpler because most of the time people have to go into their settings and there's a lot of like IMEI number configuration and yes. turn this toggle on. And so for us, it was how can we make that process simpler just by doing that for them like automatically. Oh, interesting. Nice. So yeah. we had... Uh talked about what lens you wanted to talk about. Can you, um, what lens did we, did you pick? And how would you describe this one in your own words? Um, so we picked physical metaphors. Um, and it says, how does the structure relate to the physical world? So um, in my own words, I would think about this as just making things make sense for based on like how we perceive things. So like if I'm looking at a website or the structure of a website, like, can I compare it to a house? Like you have a door in walls, um, or if we're comparing it to a car or the highway system, just different structures that we're more familiar with in our everyday life. Yeah, I came of age on the internet when Al Gore was talking about the information superhighway and <laughs> That was what, 95, 96? And, oh, wow. Uh, I was just a little jit. <laughs> I was a littler jit at that time. But yes, and I, I remember thinking that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, now look at us. Now, <laughs> look how far we've come. <laughs> what? 
what about this lens spoke to you? What is it? What what sort of resonates with you about physical metal? Um, I guess just because I'm always like trying to compare things to something else so that mm -hmm. other people can understand it. Um, like a lot of times I do it with my mom when I'm trying to like explain things or even if I'm telling a story to a friend, like, um, okay, so one of my favorite examples is um, when I was talking about marrying my husband, um, I always used to tell him because we had been dating for a while and I was like, um, you know, there's a saying, you know, you, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Yes. So I told him, I said, you need to buy the cow because your free child is almost up. <laughs> and there's other people that, you know, might be interested in this cow. Yeah. And, you know, the sure. milk is top tier. So, you know, just <laughs> I run with metaphors. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so evocative, right? And I think, <laughs> I think what's cool about a metaphor um, uh, is that, um, it can be so visual and so striking that it sort of highlights a key aspect uh, of uh, of the challenge uh, that yeah. that we're facing. Like with the, as you mentioned, sort of highways or a house with a lot of doors in it, right? We have to sort of, we're emphasizing this idea, like you've got a user in a room, there's, there's not just one place that they can go when they're looking right. at a screen, right? There's lots of places that they, they can go that's like a room with a lot of doors uh in it um uh can you think of an example where you've done this maybe not in your personal life but in your work life where you can is there a a, um, a metaphor that you've used uh recently mm. like i'm wondering were there any metaphors that were helpful in the eSIM card work hmm. that's interesting I think, oh God, I feel like there was, and I just can't think of it right now. How sad. <laughs> it's quite all right. It's early in the morning for both of us, so relatively. Um, uh, well, if something comes up, let me know. Yeah. I would, um, uh, I, if you work on teams with other uh, content folks or information architects or designers, but one of the things that I'm really interested in is how um, we help maybe newer designers, people just coming into the field to learn these things, right? The whole point of a lens is it gives me a new perspective on looking at my own work, right? If I'm working in a really abstract space, I can use a physical metaphor to kind of ground it uh, a little bit, right? Or if I've been sort of looking at things in terms of how they relate to each other, sort of parent-child, I can go, okay, well, let me put that aside for now and think about a different way of framing this, excuse me, framing this problem. But I had to learn that over the course of my career. And I think a, a, a number of uh, folks that we get to work with are newer into the field. Mm -hmm. And I try and advise them, like I try and provide some coaching or mentoring on like, here's some ways you can look at the world. If you were to help someone mm -hmm. use this perspective, use this lens, what what advice would you give them? Um, I guess to just think about what resonates with you. Like a lot of times when I use metaphor, um, I think it's to really like change your perspective 
or building emotions um, to like, so that people resonate with it more deeply than just the words I would use. Um, so I studied rhetoric and composition in grad school. <laughs> that's kind of like one of the things that was really, um, that I really studied a lot is how to, you know, influence people right. and how to change their minds with, with words. Um, so sometimes you have to do that in a way that people relate best to it. So just kind of like really thinking about your audience and knowing them and knowing how they think, what they relate to, what, you know, they talk about, what they find funny right. um, and just drawing on those references. Are there any metaphors that you've heard people, like we talked about the highway metaphor, like that you're kind of sick of? Um, <laughs> I know personally, I ref I feel a little like a bit of my soul is dying every time I refer to a website as a house. Like, I just feel like, okay, Sorry. I get it. There's a homepage. I get it. I get it. But it's more, it's so different from a house yeah. um, that I feel like the metaphor is almost wasted. Are there, are there metaphors like that that you feel like, oh my gosh, we can't do this anymore? Um, I think one of the ones that is the, and it's, it's not related to, um, to like our work, but one of the ones that I'm tired of seeing is like, people trying to explain Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. And they're oh, like, yeah. if a house is on fire, and would you put out that fire? Or would you like just let it burn down all the houses? Right. I'm like, that's not <laughs> okay, I get it. But it's like, white people know, like, they know, we don't have to break it down for them like this. Like, right. They just choose not to get it. It feels like the words Black Lives Matter should be enough and not require a metaphor to explain what the meaning is behind it. Yeah, I really appreciate that uh, example. <laughs> um, well, Aisha, uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, no, unless you have anything else for me. No, that was great. Thank you so much for joining me on this little experiment. And I.